2: Get on
3: the grid. And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. Today's December 15, 2020. Thanks for joining us here on the show. If you want to go back and watch on demand, Joe and I really broke the game down last night between the Browns and Baltimore Ravens for the first 30 minutes of the show. So uh, on demand, you can always access our videos, sportsgrid.com, on YouTube, or wherever you stream your platforms. We do the show every single day, Monday through Friday, two hours a day from noon to 2 Eastern. And certainly we cover it all. We did cover plenty of football in the first hour. We still will cover football in this hour, but we're going to pivot over to some other things here as well, because we don't just cover football on this show. Speaking of which, let's hit on a little bit of baseball as we're closing in on the end of what they're calling the winter meetings. But the truth is there's really no meetings going on. Uh, (laughs) Red Sox signed Hunter Renfro to a one-year $3 million deal. Heim Bloom, the new general manager of the Red Sox, said, uh, Alex Verdugo is their center fielder, and Hunter Renfro's in right. That will be very interesting, considering Jackie Bradley is a free agent, has been with the team for a decade, but I guess that's the end of the line for him. Greg Holland resigns with the Royals. Boy, they made a nice deal of this yesterday. Welcome home, Greg Holland. Greg, I know he bounced back a little bit last year, but, I mean, come on, let's get real. It's still Greg Holland,
1: right?
3: <laughs> the uh, season in the NBA continues tonight here in South Florida. The Miami Heat played their first preseason game last night in front of an empty crowd and the media were all like wow look at this it's unbelievable there's nobody here i'm like have you not been watching the last like i went to all these marlins games with nobody there i don't i don't care." Okay, uh, five ranked teams play tonight in college basketball, so I'll be in on a couple of those. Most interesting, I think, is, uh, let's see, Illinois, Minnesota in the Big Ten. I think that's probably the the coolest one. Uh, Amy Olsen finishes second in the U.S. Open despite an unbelievable tragedy over the weekend. One of her family members passed away, and she ended up winning. It's a great story. Did not get enough attention, unfortunately, but wanted to bring it up. Congratulations to Amy Olsen. Uh, here on this show. But, uh, look, college basketball is in full force. we got the NBA starting up this weekend. I know it's going to be a huge season coming up. And, Joe, they're going to play these games outside of mm-hmm. Toronto. Uh, Toronto's playing in, in Florida. But they're going to be playing in NBA arenas without fans. And mm-hmm. we uh, heard a little bit of news a little bit ago. We could bring it back here again about the possibility of Major League Baseball starting their season in May, which would be horrible for me. That's not what I want. But certainly that could be a possibility. And if so, that certainly means that everything going on right now that is slow would make a little bit of sense because there would be no rush to get anybody signed. And this winter, instead of December, pretend it's November. And then next January, pretend it is December. But I guess we're (laughs) going to have to see. This is all a moving target for all
4: sports. Yeah. And I also got to understand, too, like if you're giving up games on TV just to get make sure you have people in the stands is that a good trade-off and i mean it must be economically otherwise why would they be doing this but i'm kind of hard-pressed to think that the advertising money and the tv deals somehow you know if you're going to punt on those in april that's worth it because you're going to get fans back in may through the rest of the season i don't know if i'm sold on that this is a good idea i mean you had it last year you were bringing in revenue so would they rather have no revenues or are they just trying to, like I said, keep trimming this regular season down incrementally here and there and trying to take pieces. I don't know. It's very strange, but I will say this. Last night, there was a stunning amount of people at the game. And I don't know if you it kind of registered with you, but it registered with me. It was more people than I didn't remember seeing at a game outside of Florida, obviously where anything goes in quite some time. And it really did kind of feed the atmosphere of this game. And it felt like it fed the Browns quite a bit. And it felt like a bit of an advantage, and it was, I, I think, something that I haven't seen anybody really discuss yet. And I'm curious what your thoughts were because I thought, as we welcome in our radio audience here to Fantasy Sports today, I would say that having that crowd last night in that game did add to the mystique of it. It added, I think, to the Browns' momentum in this game. And I'll tell you what, it was kind of, in a way, it was kind of jarring to have that many people at a game, and you're watching the game. And you're like, wow, there's people and there's cheers, and they're kind of close to each other and and i don't know how you felt but did you kind of factor that in as a big piece of last night's game
3: i noticed it but i didn't really think about what you just said until now but i did notice it it definitely felt like there were a pretty significant amount of fans at the game for sure and and look we we're, we're down the road now here at the nfl where there is no complaining about it but i gotta tell you if if this started up again next year and we were still having the same conversation I think they, they would, it's a state by state deal, but the NFL would absolutely have to figure out some way to make it universal where either you're allowing fans or you're not. Uh, this year, there was no choice. It just basically was up to the states. The, the season had to go on. I don't think the NFL was going to step in the way of what the governor of Florida did or the governor of California moving teams I mean everyone was right. just on completely right. different pages right.
4: one governor who says everybody come to the game the other guy saying no you're the team the team can't even be here forget people yeah. in the dance you can't even have the happened. team here it's crazy yeah. and, 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 and what's going to happen to the here because of it
3: yeah and and I don't I don't think that they're they could fight it's just kind of like we got to go with it but right. in fairness in fairness to the NFL that's not something I'll hold them accountable for this year. Next year, knowing what the scenario is, they would have to be. And I would also hold baseball accountable for that, too. Like, you have a lot of time still between now and opening day. It's December. Yeah. You have all of January, all of February, all of March. We already know. And if you don't, I mean, even though the stadiums here in Florida are preparing for fans, you already know that spring training is not going to resemble what it did last year. And, and we just have to accept that. But the regular season, by the time April kicks around, Major League Baseball and the players, uh, the owners, they they have to have their act together in time. They've got plenty of time to figure this out. Um, spring would be a different scenario. If you said to me, were you nervous about opening up on Valentine's Day for spring training and fans being allowed and all that? Of course I'm nervous. That's really close by. I mean, that's in February. It's two months. Mm-hmm. But April is still enough distance away. We're a possibility of a vaccine for some people. And, and hopefully people that are taking the vaccine can go attend sporting events uh, having no opinion whatsoever of what you choose to do in your life that's completely up to you okay sports card conversation is coming up next hottest guy in sports cards right now uh, of course patrick mahomes still out there lamar jackson with a great game last night but what to do Jalen hurt of the philadelphia eagles not his first start quarterback is hot. is it time to buy now see you next Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, as we get ready to look at the ever-growing sports card market. Things are just blowing up every single week. Basketball's coming soon, baseball right around the corner, and of course, NFL football about to hit the NFL playoffs. Who better to check in with the guy who sends more cards to get graded to PSA than anybody else in the country each and every week? He knows who's sending in what, the grades that are coming back, and he sees more cards than anybody else outside of the company themselves. Josh Cohen joins us now. PCSportsCards.com, they do a great job each and every week uh, here on the show. Not only that, but also doing consignment with people who send cards in and not very on top of the business and what you should be thinking as a collector or as
2: an investor. Josh, great to see you here uh, this week. What's going on? Hey, Craig. Um, Listen, Friday night was a great start to the weekend. When you beat your rival 70-7, to it really doesn't get better than that. Basketball team tried ruining it last night, but thankfully Remy could hit the the corner shot. Beat Grand Canyon University by one. Congrats! That's awesome. Congrats! Can't can't ruin my week that way, right? It's too yeah. uh too much there. So yeah. at least we had a were great like weekend. Kansas Michigan. State, Michigan's lost plan to, failed. The you yeah. know, Ohio State's still in the championship game, but still okay.
3: All right. Well, listen, we're headed toward the end of the college football season, and and really toward the end of the NFL season as well. And so, what we lean you on for is, and I think this is a little bit more of a complicated question this week is people who collect cards, it's very easy for them this week. Here's what they do. Anybody who wants the hot card, they go on eBay, they type in Jalen Hurts Hertz of the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, and they buy it at the very highest price. Because right now is probably his peak outside of if he gets to the playoffs or the Super Bowl one day, which, you know, that's, that's not going to happen this year. So on top of that, because he's a rookie this year, a lot of folks are sending cards of his to you To get graded. So what is the strategy here with Jalen Hurts? Because we are coming toward the end of the year. Would you sell all the Jalen Hurts cards you have raw, as they say, basically without graded? Would would you send them to you or to PSA to get graded? And furthermore, do you think that this is the peak, like before a player actually is good, selling them before he is good? (laughs) It's kind of the way it
2: works. So here's the thing, you know, it's a tricky situation. You know, the Eagles, I mean, they could make the playoffs because who knows what's going on in the NFC East. They could make a run. I don't have really a lot of faith in it. I don't think anybody should. So don't be an emotional buyer right now. Try to think with your brain and not with your heart when it comes to this. And I would say if you're picking those cards up, give it a week, let it cool down, see what happens next week. And if you're going to set, when you send them in for grading, don't get caught in the cycle of sending them in for the $65 grading or the $25 grading. These cards, even if you send them in for 25 or $65, you're looking at getting them back in January when they're already eliminated from the playoffs. So you're not going to take advantage of it. Right. So yeah. first and foremost, if you have it, you don't believe in him, sell them now. Right? Don't believe in him, sell them now. Next, if you do believe in him and you have some of these cards or you're picking them up, look at the bulk submission. It's going to take six to eight months. But when you get them back, you're looking at July, August, September, that time frame, and that's when football starts heating up because everybody's going to be in the Super Bowl, everybody's going to be in the MVP, and quarterbacks explode. He's going to have the job. That's when you want to get those cards back to maximize the market.
3: Now, and I think that for people who may be watching and, and don't really understand the dynamics of the submission process, and it's not something that we have discussed all that much, but when people submit cards to you, there's different pricing tiers. You guys can go to Josh's website. We don't need to go like super in depth on that. But i I think that the part that may scare some people, Josh, honestly, is when you say six to eight months, people are saying, wait a second. Like and, and we haven't talked about this all that much, but six to eight months is a really, really long time. And there is some risk involved in that process as well, because you never know what can happen. Um, I would suppose that the cards would only go up in that interim, but why, why does it take – I think that's probably the, the best question. Why does it take eight months to
2: get cards back uh, at, the, at the level that we're discussing, which is a cheaper level to get cards graded? I mean that's the key word there, Craig, cheaper, right? PSA has prioritized 20-day and faster orders, so and they're still taking three months even though they're a priority – And then you get to bulk orders, which take longer when you put a lot of new cards with different variations and different parallels in them. It takes them a little bit longer to research it, a little bit longer to assemble it when they're done with the grading, so that the process just takes a little bit longer. The one really good thing about it is while you did spend money on the cards themselves, you could choose how much you're spending. You could buy Jalen Hurts cards for probably as low as a dollar or two, or you could spend thousands of dollars. It's really up to you. But the grading fee doesn't come out until the end of the process, right? You're not paying for grading up front. You're not going to say, you have these 30 cards. You're not going to pay $450 today to get them graded. You're going to pay right. them at the back end. So the co- the time value of that money isn't really a problem. It's really the the longevity of the, of the wait for the submission to come back. And that's why we're saying that's the strategy, right? We're not talking about baseball where you need your cards back in March and April. We're not talking about Basketball, where you need them back yesterday or January, right? We're talking about football right now. You know, you have a good idea who the playoff teams are. You have a good idea of who the who the actual contenders are. So we're starting to price that into the market already. Be smarter than be smarter than everybody else. Know that that's getting priced in. Take advantage of the time frame that we have now to spend less money on the grading, and actually realize the profit at the right time of the year to sell, which is right before the season for most of the major sports.
3: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And look, I know that there we we see it a lot on message boards and, and I'm part of it as well. There is a lot of frustration with waiting for the cards. But I gotta tell you, uh you know, making, you know, comments all day long on message boards and posts about it being a long time, if you use that energy into figuring out what the next great investment is, you probably would Make make yourself out more a little bit of money if you did it that way, but I get it, I get the frustration. But the bottom line is that there's nothing can be changed until the company changes. So from that, certainly we move on. Look, we understand the, if the you funny invest. Part in- about
2: that, Craig. The funny part, yeah. part about that is, people that sent their Mahomes cards in last November and December and didn't get them back till April or June, made ten times their money because they That's didn't right. get them back. Right. So like it's frustrating. You want to you want to see the profits, but there's also the uh, extra time frame could be good sometimes. Yeah, no, it could. And
3: look, there's there's positives, there's negatives to everything. Baseball. Look, if you invested in Soto, Tatis, and Acuna, you waited a long time, you made a ton of money. If you invested a lot in Aquino and Otani, you lost a lot of money. It, it it's, it's give and take. It's like gambling. It's like anything else. You're you're taking chances on stocks. You're taking chances on players. There's no doubt. I think that's a good explanation for it. Uh, you know, Josh's turnaround times you can see on the website. He posts them there at Pcsportscards.com. Also PSA on their own website. Ah, uh, post what their expected turnaround times are. Okay. Uh, before we go, we spent a lot of time on that. All right. Before we go, let let's move on to uh, uh, the guess the grade segment. Now we're going to move on to uh, one of my cards that I have sent into one of Josh's express orders. So we're thinking maybe at the end of the month, maybe early January, we'll get this thing back in a few weeks. This is a Julius Irving rookie card from 1972 so we'll start with you josh and then anybody who wants to comment they can make a comment on our youtube page or hit us up on twitter at craig mish at sportsgrid. josh cohen what do you got you see you see more cards than anybody so what do you think this dr j card grades out as
2: i'm gonna guess it's between a two or a three um it's very clean looking it displays really nice right if you're looking at a two or a three this is one of the better ones um color's really nice really well centered you look at the bottom corner, you see a little bit of a wrinkle. And if you see uh, if you look under his left arm, you see what's called a fisheye. And that's just a printing defect that was around in the 70s. A lot of cards have them. Unfortunately, it knocks off two or three grades from your card, probably about two. Enough. And Ooh. it just it'll that's what it does. You're too you know? tough on my cards, man. It's not it's not me being tough on your oh, cards, yes. it's the printing defect, and I mean, you shouldn't have let your dad wrinkle it, and then it wouldn't have a problem. <laughs>
3: Who who is to know that that cards that we had this long ago? But but meanwhile, uh, the Will Chamberlain card from 1971 that I sent in did a little bit better than we thought it was. All right, so Josh, your official grade is a two on this. Sure, so that's right. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with a three and a half.
2: Of course, it's my okay. card. I'm gonna. I mean, Josh has no investment in this. I'm so I'm I'm going three and a half. I will always be harder on a card. It's just what I do. I I'd rather. When I tell people what their grade's going to be, I'd rather say, hey, listen, I think this is going to be a three. And then you get a four or five, and you're super pumped. If I told you it's going to be a five, and then you get a three or four, you're a little pissed at me.
3: Yeah, no, that's true. I'm (laughs) pissed at you anyway all the time. (laughs) My card's back. I'm just kidding. Uh, Josh Cohen, uh, hit him up on uh, Instagram, his website, pcsportscards.com. Again. Uh, I submit cards with Josh through the group submissions, and certainly a lot of them are for my collection. But, of course, got to pay for those submissions too, so I'll consign some as well. Hey, Josh, great to see you again. Good luck to uh, Arizona State. If you make a bowl game, probably not. And we'll talk again next week, okay? We'll be two and two. We'll be in a bowl game. Thanks a lot. Two wins gets you in a bowl (laughs) for Josh's ASU Aztecs. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports today. Don't go away.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Alright, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We got some very big breaking news in the NBA As Shams Terrania of The Athletic is reporting that Giannis is signing a five-year, 228.2 million Supermax extension with the Milwaukee Bucks, the largest deal in NBA history, which is huge on a number of different levels, Joe. Huge, number one, because a lot of folks figured in a year or two, Giannis was going to work his way out of Milwaukee. Which clearly is not the case. At least I think I. I with the NBA, I never know for sure. But I'm going to say never it's know so with the NBA.
4: The That's true. It's true. Yeah.
3: But, but this kind of money and, and signing this kind of contract to me indicates he is staying in Milwaukee. Which uh, honestly, outside of you know Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, uh, and, and you know the Brewers you know, had their you know Robin Yount years too, and Paul Molitor. But this becomes arguably the iconic player in the state of Wisconsin and in Milwaukee, and maybe players will now go play with Giannis uh, and the Bucks. I don't know, but it certainly would appear that teams that had their eye on him that were thinking that they were going to be able to chase him down or you know, it, it, you know, kind of entice him to go with one of the other mm-hmm. stars somewhere in the NBA. I know that the Warriors were hoping that. The Miami Heat was hoping that. Uh, that's done. It uh, looks like that's done. He's going to stay in Milwaukee.
4: Well, you're not wrong. Anything can happen in the NBA. Uh, God knows we've seen it happen before. But yes, for the foreseeable future, it would seem that Giannis is going to stay put. And this is the kind of coin you make when you win a couple MVPs back to back. And this is what it looks like. And I think everybody in Milwaukee is probably super excited about it because they are used to losing, you know, when you're in those smaller market teams, you're used to it. Sometimes you're losing your best players eventually to free agency, losing your best players to bigger markets. And, you know, it's tough. It's tough to be a small market fan in any sport, even sports with a salary cap, because there's always that allure of playing in LA playing in New York playing in Chicago and rightfully so I get it but I think this is good it's good for Giannis good for NBA nice payday for him that's for sure so good on him because this guy is uh, okay very nice extremely nice hey man (laughs) couldn't happen to a better couldn't happen to a better guy I like Giannis so I ain't mad at him you can get that coin you get it you know what that's just a hair under what I was offered to do this show with you but I did it anyway because of how much respect I have for you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's that's the money. That's the money. You take the money, Craig. You take the money. Is,
3: is, there, is there anyone making more money per year in sports
4: than this? That's a good question. Oh, yeah. Mahomes, Britt oh. just said in our ear. Yeah. Patrick yeah, Mahomes is doing do okay. Uh, $7 billion a year. I forgot about that, I guess. Yeah. Mahomes. So Mahomes, that. to be honest. Yeah. 10 years, 500 will do that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, it's NFL, but that's not guaranteed. This is so, I mean, look, I, I would assume Mahomes home play it out, but um, this is guaranteed $228 million. Wow. Crazy. And, and, and all like the
4: you what know, happen to a better guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and good for the bucks stepping up and saying, we're going to make this commitment and we're going to make Milwaukee basketball town. And I think that's great too. I mean, they should, they've got the guy to do it now give him a little bit more help and you know see if he can make that run i think last year was a sour note but maybe you could just kind of chalk it up to covid and just say okay and just move on with it but this year is going to be more expectations with that kind of money for sure so we'll see if milwaukee can live up to those expectations
3: yeah huge story today for sure and i'm guessing the top story in sports now that Giannis. And, yep. and i know there are a lot of nba teams that thought that they were going to have a crack at him and definitely not going to be the case now i don't, I don't think
4: so. it's not the greg holland signing it's, it's
3: a little bit it's close it's close okay
4: okay james That's
3: mccann fair. style james mccann <laughs> <laughs> all right well speaking of major league baseball all of the skippers the managers of major league baseball are all doing their media sessions this week talking about last year talking about the offseason talking about next year and so uh throughout the week this week we'll bring some of those to you and and talk about some of the players that they're discussing and as we get closer, we think, maybe, to the baseball season, it becomes a little bit more relevant. So uh, one segment a day, about a 15-minute segment probably every day. We'll do a, a little bit of baseball discussion now that it's kind of back on the map again. We'll start off with the Baltimore Orioles. Brandon Hyde, the skipper of the Orioles, going into, by the way, his last year under contract with the, with the Orioles as his manager. I, I mean, I think he's done as, as good a job as he could possibly do, given the circumstances there. One player he did not have in the 60-game season this past year was Trey Mancini, of course, who was going through chemotherapy and cancer treatments and Hyde yesterday talked and gave an update on uh, him speaking to Trey Mancini spring.
2: Yeah. I check in with Trey periodically. Uh, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. It was the last time I talked to him. Uh, he was just coming out. Uh, you know, he just got done working out. He's doing great. Feels great.
3: Looks great. Um, I've got video on him from, um, you know, hitting in the facility that he, that he works out in and, and he looks exactly the same. So I'm um, excited to have Trey be a part of a full spring training in February. And uh, can't wait to see him. Uh, but it, all signs are, are great. And, he, and he looks um, he looks fantastic. And we're going to wait and see, obviously, on Mancini, Joe, but that's a player that's not going to be on a lot of people's radar, of course, because of, of him missing the 60-game season and so happy to hear that he is cancer-free. I know his wife posted something today as well about that, but as we take a look at his numbers from 2019, he can't forget the kind of year that he had when he played that full year, 35 home runs with Baltimore, in 154 games. 291 average, 364 on base percentage. The Orioles did shed a few more players this offseason, Joe. Renato Nunez is gone. They have young players that they want to see play. Uh, But look, it's going to be a little bit of a fantasy and reality guessing game on what we will see from Trey Mancini. But at the very least, it is a positive story to bring that he is going to return.
4: Very positive. Uh, Certainly one of the better things that we need to hear in 2020. We could use some good news. And Mancini is going to be on my radar. I will take that shot for sure on trey mancini because of what i saw in 2019 and all the deeper stats loved him too the splits were good everything with trey mancini heading into 2020 was great except his health That was the only thing and it wasn't an injury it was a health issue so as long as that health issue is now back on track there's every reason to believe that this kid can bounce back still a good ballpark still some guys around him mountcastle's an exciting young player too Uh, i know they've made some moves here but look trey mancini is one of the better sluggers in the american league and i think people will forget that or because they only had one great season people will not trust it i do because of what i saw and what the stats say and that's a good combination that when both of those things are together then it's not a lie so good on trey mancini and good on the orioles hopefully this will work out for both
3: all right let's move over to the arizona diamondbacks and one of their key players actually coming off a little bit of a down 60 gamer was Catel Marte, who was a superstar two years ago in both reality and fantasy. Tory Lovello, the manager of the Diamondbacks, was asked yesterday where Lovello may play in 2020 in terms of on the field and in the field.
1: We'll probably have this conversation that he's going to be um, that combination type of player that can be as versatile as possible to help us maximize uh, today's game to, to score as many runs. Uh, and we're thankful for that. So, yeah, you know, I'd love to say that he'd be our second baseman or shortstop um, or our center fielder, but we know that he can play those no matter what uh, circumstances put before him. Uh, to answer that and say what could happen in the future, I don't know. I'm sure, um, you know, in my conversations with him, he likes he likes the versatility. He likes bouncing around the baseball field. At the beginning, he, he wasn't sure about it, but he became he became used to it. And I think it's something that he really enjoys. So that'll be our start.
3: Well, Cattel Marte, Joe. Uh, certainly, last year was not the year that everyone expected. But I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are willing to throw it away a little bit. Let's take a look at his stats from last year. He played in forty-five games, and he hit just two home runs, which is kind of going back to what he yeah. was two years ago: eighty-seven batting average, three twenty-three OBP, uh, forty-one games at second, two games at short, and the outfield three games. So Marte still will slot in for a lot of folks this year in fantasy at second base. I don't know if the Diamondbacks are going to end up playing him there or in the outfield, but certainly you have to wonder if there's a big bounce back coming because you don't want what you saw last year. By the way, he only stole one base.
4: Yeah, you're going to get a discount on Marte, and you should because it was a dreadful 60 games for him. So maybe there was an underlying injury. Maybe it was a stop and start. You can make a lot of excuses, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't there. Now, I was one person who was very heavily invested in Marte two years ago. And last year and I could tell you you know everything from 2018 second half told you that 2019 was going to be amazing and it was and then everything in 2019 that was built up that all looked good fell apart in 2020 so this is a real dicey scenario to me Marte is all about what value you get him in if you can get a discount on him you take it if you have to pay anything close to full price I think you move on and second base is not great So I kind of lean towards taking a little bit of a shot most of the time on Marte because the position as a whole is a little weak this year overall in terms of what you're going to find. And there's a lot of other guys like this, like Jose Altuve at the position, some guys that you have questions about. So if you're going to take questionable players, take a guy who's a little younger, and Marte certainly has that kind of upside, so we'll see if he bounces back. But he's a stock I got my eye on, but only at the right price.
3: Lavella was also asked about uh, all the rules that were put into the 60-game season one rule that he would not like to see come back for 2021?
1: I'd say the one thing that I'm not totally in favor of would be the seven, eight doubleheaders. I know that there's a good reason why it's done, but I feel like, um, you know, the games are just a little bit too short. Um, and those, you know, those last two innings of a baseball game are usually the most intense for me. Um, and I miss that. I miss that in the one doubleheader that we played. And, uh, but, you know, I know moving forward that Major League Baseball is going to continue to, you uh, to do what's best for the game. Um, you know, what, whether or not, um, you know, my opinion is thrown out there uh, on the double headers. I'm not sure. I just, I feel like uh, they're on the cutting edge to make things work the best way possible. I know the extra inning feature was something that was very intriguing and exciting, uh, led to some, you know, quick, quick runs and, and, uh, and rapid endings. And I think that's something that a lot of people are in favor of so you don't blow up your entire team for the next day or perhaps the next series and have to make an assortment of moves to reload. So that's something I think Major League Baseball is looking at very closely uh, and something that I really enjoyed um, walking through in 2020.
3: And Joe, uh, real quick to wrap this up, um, there's no doubt that I think there will be a runner on second base in extra innings. But the seven inning thing, I think I I agree with the time to go. All right, we'll talk more about baseball coming up next. Fantasy or reality is on deck, so stay right there.
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: all right
3: welcome back to fantasy sports today we got fantasy reality coming up just a quick recap uh has signed a supermax deal Going to make him the highest-paid player ever in the NBA. He's staying in Milwaukee for the next five years. Uh, in case you missed us about five minutes ago, you can go back and hit rewind, Joe. Uh, I give you an opportunity there to comment there on uh, on on the the rules from 2020 Major League Baseball. We just heard from Tori Lovello. Um, it, it appears as though a lot of the rules in baseball are coming back that we had last mm-hmm. year for 2021 it seems almost universally everyone's in favor of putting a runner on second base and extra innings and getting it. the games over with. And it also seems universally nobody wants to have seven inning double headers. So that's kind of where things stand at the moment.
4: Yeah, look, I totally get the seven inning thing because that's the integrity of baseball. And, and, and I get that. And it's a nine inning game. And historically, that's what it is. And you don't want, you know, look what if you're a team that's you know, really built strong in the bullpen, right? you want well, I want to get to the bullpen. Bullpen's where we win games, you know, and and I understand that. Construction's very different, and vice versa can be true. So I understand the seven-inning doubleheader not being something they want to do, and that's fair. I would love to see the DH back in the National League. I made no qualms, no bones about that. But the runner at second base, look, I loved it in the WBC a couple years ago. I thought it was great last year and I thought it made some great drama too. I watched a couple of those games live as that was happening and it's like instant drama. And I think that's fantastic. And I think that becomes one of those great things where, you know, you can then set up to a cutaway on MLB network or somewhere else where you could say, okay, Hey, we're going to be starting this in and look, Here we go. We got a guy on second to start this inning here in the 11th or whatever inning they end up deciding. I think that's a fantastic way to go about it. And also from the standpoint of injuries and and travel and everything else. It's, it's tough when you go these 15, 16 in games on a getaway day. I mean, that is just, nobody likes that. They have to get in the play and then fly somewhere else to play another game the next day or the next afternoon, potentially that's no fun. And, and on top of which, you know, you don't want to ruin your rotation. You want to ruin the bullpen for the next week and a half because you had to go fight this one game for 16, 17 endings. So give me that rule every day of the week. I'm happy with that. And I think that's one of those good things that will stay And and baseball needs to, you know, keep shaking things up like this. It's good to have change. It's good to have evolution. Baseball was a game that was constantly evolving and then it kind of slowed down. And then every time it evolves, people complain and then everybody realizes it's for the better. Like let's say the 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 wild card let's say the way they broke up the divisions i mean we can go on and on and on about how everybody complains whenever major league baseball changes anything because it's woven so much into the fabric of us sports fans and baseball is such an older game it's america's pastime it's all of that it's, it's a very complex situation everyone's measured statistically against the ghosts of baseball past but really, the evolution of the game is what's going to keep it alive for the next generation and the next one. So let's not be afraid of evolution. I'm not saying change for the sake of change, but I'm definitely saying evolve if you can help improve the product on the field. And I think something like this does.
3: Yep, and, and I think we're going to see it. I think that's where we're headed in 2021. Yep. All right, fantasy or reality. Let's get started here. Uh, what, what seems to be happening a lot in the NFL is the players are running to the end zone cameras and and doing things at the end celebrating things of that nature uh look there's no fans there this year so players are coming up with different ideas different things and they're using this camera essentially to run across the field and celebrate fantasy reality the end zone celebrations in the nfl are lame fantasy reality (laughs)
4: Well, wow, this is for our esteemed boss, Mike Cardano, who is complaining about this and, and yelling at the sky on social media the other day about maybe I'm just old. He said, I don't like this at all i like it i think uh i think it's fantasy i don't think it's lame i think it's fun and i think it's a uh, fun that's desperately needed because there is no fan interaction so this is actually a way i think to interact with the fans because the fans are now anticipating this moment of oh are they gonna go and they're gonna run in front of the camera and do something like the whole team slid in front of the camera you know they have all these little performance pieces that they do i give them credit for uh, you know for creativity i think there's been some pretty fun ones there's been some dumb ones also and a lot of retreads which i don't like You're going to do it be unique come up with something new don't just do the same old stuff everybody else is doing so when it's a unique one i especially like it but i think there is sort of a a connectivity because they all know we could go here we could have this moment and that moment is actually with the fans through the tv screen and it's for them too let's let's not pretend it's not so i actually think fantasy i don't think it's lame i think it's fun next year when the crowds are back i don't know if it's going to stay we'll see what happens what do you think
3: yeah, I, I think it's okay for me. I, I also, the the one thing I will say that is odd is the fact that they run all the way down in the other end zone. I guess it may be the end zone <laughs> yeah. camera in one spot. Like I like that I to me, know. like I could do without. If they just do it where the camera is right next to them, then fine. But less breaks in sports, better sports watching uh, I like. I don't, I don't know. I sound like Yoda there. But either way, I, I think that <laughs> more breaks the camera's in the end zone it's, I really did it, putting cameras in the end zone are fine, but them running across the field like they they do it in one end zone and then running all the way across. I I don't I don't get the fascination with that. Yeah, so that is weird. I will say it is not lame, but you could they could use a little tinkering. I think so. Mike isn't that's fair. Totally totally off on that one. Did he spell <laughs> everything right in that tweet? By the way, because that's the bigger
4: question. Uh, I am not at liberty to say
3: that. Yeah, probably not. Okay, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. This one, he, he fooled me because somebody had asked me should they play Jacob, and then I saw him either on Instagram or whatever tweet this out that he that he wasn't playing in, in a game on Sunday. And why he did this, I really don't know. But he definitely got me because I texted someone, hey, Josh Jacobs is not playing. Uh, come to find out that he was, and this was all a joke. Fantasy or reality, you will draft Josh Jacobs after his stunt this past Sunday.
4: I got to say, this one's you know, as a fantasy dude, this one really pushes the envelope for me. I'm not happy about this. Like, it's not funny and it's not funny because especially it's, it's not week three. Okay. This is fantasy playoffs and you're trolling people during a fantasy playoffs. I don't like that. And, and you know, like he's got enough time to do that. You know, there's some time to do other things now, more to the point, Josh Jacobs, I think is a, is a very tricky asset. Anyway, Josh Jacobs has looked great at times this year, not so great in others. Uh, i think josh jacobs is a a very talented running back the question is what cost you get him at and now when you're adding this in with the injuries and all that stuff i gotta tell you it kind of feels like reality it kind of feels like this is a player that i just don't want on my fantasy team because at the end of the day after i'm gonna have to go to the press conference after a loss and talk about why josh jacobs didn't play and he told me he was gonna play and everybody hates that press conference and i don't want to give that press conference on twitter afterwards so I'm going to say, you know what? Reality. I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not going to dra- actually, no, wait. Uh, it was, it was you will draft Josh Jacobs. when will me get the wording yeah. straight. Yeah. Fantasy. I will not, I will not. I don't like wow. the stunt. I don't mm-hmm. like the injuries. No, no. Sorry, Josh. You you went too far. Not in the playoffs. You don't do this to another man. You don't mess with another man's money, not in the playoffs or woman's money for that matter. Sorry. Right. Craig. True. Yeah, I, I will
3: say reality. I'll still draft Jacobs in the right spot. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from here, and you don't ever want to see this happen because there's been such a nice, I would say, wave of players embracing fantasy and under understanding what it means. And this is completely the other side of that. And so I get what you're saying. Now, I'll, I'll still draft him, and I won't hold that against him. But at the same time, we also don't know, did something happen? Were were people attacking him on Twitter or something? And this was his retaliation? I I, I really don't know. And I can't get inside his head and ask that question. But uh, I doubt you'll see him do this again. And so I'm willing to let one of these slide. And if I feel like I get him at a good point. You're yeah, very I'll forgiving, Craig.
4: I, I I kind of prefer the players that acknowledge that fantasy exists, and like because there's a whole contingent of players, and you know it, in baseball, football, and all the sports where they're like fantasy nerds, all this stuff. But you know, it's fantasy nerds are spending a lot of time watching, purchasing, all that stuff. It all kind of comes to you know all, all ends up in your pocket someday as the player in some fashion. So I kind of feel like, in a way, I don't think you should respect the nerd base of fantasy. But at least acknowledge it and i kind of like the players that acknowledge it like there's nothing better than when a player goes out that goes hey man i had a terrible game and i just want to also say i'm sorry i let my fantasy owners down like that is great right. i find that very endearing but i think the other side of that with people who are trolling the fantasy people i don't think that's really cool because at the end of the day this is how we're watching the games you think a lot of people would care what josh jacobs was doing or saying if there was no fantasy not outside of uh, the las vegas team.
3: Well, betting, they would be very interested regardless. But good. yeah, I I, un, I understand the point. The point is well taken. Uh, the one thing that I've learned over the last few years is that you don't hear a lot of baseball players saying this anymore because they're all playing fantasy football now. So most of them <laughs> are pretty transparent when they, they don't. Now, some of the football guys, you're right. I still see them saying, oh, I don't care about your fantasy team. The baseball players don't say that because they and have those true. players on the fantasy football team. They They are done mm-hmm. saying that. They don't, they don't. They don't. They don't bash it anymore. Um, but the football players, you're right, still do. And honestly, a defensive lineman or a defensive back, I understand there are IDP leagues. Let's be honest, two mm-hmm. percent of this country is playing in IDP leagues, and maybe that's a high number. Um, but anyway, uh, I will draft Josh Jacobs. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a mobile on that one. one. All right. Finally, we. Uh, this is this is one that's really interesting here because, of course, we have a kicker now, a female kicker kicking in college football. And it does lend the question that we will see a female kicker uh, in the NFL in our, in our lifetime. And for purposes of our fantasy or reality discussion, we're going to say we will see. So what do you think, Joe? Is this fantasy or reality?
4: You know, I think it's reality. I, I think that when you have these moments here where somebody's the first somewhere and it kind of opens the floodgate, I think it changes the way people react to these things. And I, and I think then someone sees this and a, a young girl sees this who's a great athlete. And wants to be a professional athlete. Maybe she's a soccer player. Maybe she's a football player. You know, maybe she's playing in a flag league or, or even a pop Warner league. And she looks at this and she says, "I can." So maybe it's not the normal pivot of as I go through high school and I go through college, I kind of put those dreams aside. I think that is the difference. It's, it's, now it's okay to dream because it can be done. And, and you know, we had uh, Kim Ing a couple weeks ago take over as general manager, and I told you that story. My godmother said, "If this had happened when in the '80s." It would have changed her entire career path knowing that that was even an option to work at that kind of level and she was a very successful business person but she would have changed everything in her path just because when you see that in front of you there's that moment where you go oh okay it's not crazy it's not impossible and and i think you are going to see it at some point in time you'll see at least in a camp somebody take a shot now look at the end of the day kicking's gotten so bad I, I'll put anybody if there's a if there's a horse that can go out there like some of those old movies from the 50s and go out there and make a field goal I'd like to see that too anybody who can make a field goal or an extra point right now in the NFL is welcome as far as I'm concerned but I actually think this is something we are going to see so I'm going to say reality we will see it at some point in time in our lifetime
3: yeah this is tough <laughs> I mean this is very different than Kimming uh, sitting in an office uh but it is uh Yeah. I mean, this is a very physical sport
4: though. are a little bit more protected.
3: They are. They are. I just would hate to see a serious injury happen. That would be my concern. I will agree with you. I will say reality in our lifetime. I would not say this is something in the next five years, maybe even not the next 10. I do think eventually it will happen. It will take a special woman to go through Mm -hmm. it and, and get into it and become a kicker. Um, I'll say reality on this, but I do think that it's a little bit of a different conversation once you're talking about that. But college is the first step. There's no doubt that is, and it's a very uh, first step. The other part of this too, is that the kicker is going to have to be very good. (laughs) That's part of this too. That's not even part of the equation that like the kick, the kicker is going to have to be excellent to get to the NFL. I mean, kickers, regardless if they're male or female, don't get drafted ever. Like there's what, two kickers drafted every year, maybe. So definitely odds are up against it, but eventually I do think it will happen. Lifetime, hopefully for both of us is a long time. So I would say that's very long. (laughs) How about over or under 10 years, would you say? What would you say there?
4: On the, what? Our lifetime or the, uh, the kick kicking? No,
3: now, kick if question. I change the question and I gave you an over-under of 10 years. For I'm going to say player.
4: under with the, way, with the way the pace of things are going and female athletics. I'm going to say under. I think it's going to be close to that. But I would, I would say under, actually, to tell you the truth. I would say over on that one.
3: Okay. okay. We're going to end the show. we got the Sports Grid 60 coming back. So, make sure you stay on the grid and stay tuned. We'll have our final thoughts. And, of course, we'll be right back tomorrow. noon Eastern, on Sports Day. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. Wow, Giannis is gonna make forty seven million dollars a year to play in the NBA. Congratulations to him playing with the Milwaukee Bucks as he signs that Supermax extension. I wonder what's higher than Supermax. I'll find it out in a few years. Super Duper Max? Hmm. Okay, let's turn it over to Joe. He's got the sports grid 60. Joe.
4: Yes, those are some serious, serious bucks. That's for sure. Ha, ah, dad jokes. All right. I want to talk about Debo Samuel because unfortunately, the season is ending for Debo the same way it started. Injured. And that's not great because he spent a good chunk of his rookie season injured. And here we are again with a player of enormous talent in a system that is tailor made for him, but injuries are basically taking them away from us in the fantasy community. And at a certain point, this is the question we have to ask ourselves is the talent worth the investment? Is the juice worth the squeeze? And when it comes to Debo Samuel right now, going into 2021, I gotta tell you, it better be an extreme discount because Brandon Ayuk looks terrific in this offense. They reached for this guy. They drafted him specifically because he fits that Kyle Shanahan, that mold of that guy. who can go over the middle in those quick slants. And Ayuk has really come on strong these last few weeks without Debo being around. So if Ayuk can be a true number one, he might just pass him on the depth chart when all is said and done. And Debo Samuel might unfortunately have a fantasy career that's over before it begins. Now, I hope that's not the case. I hope good health is on the horizon. But in terms of good investment, that is a huge question for next year when it comes to this wide receiver, Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers.
3: I already drafted him for next year. I have already did my draft like a year in advance. And I already have them, so what am I going to do? Okay, let's end with this. USA Today reports Major League Baseball uh, may not begin the season in April. Uh, Thinking of considering starting it in May. Uh, Look, this is not something that I want to hear today for sure. Been looking forward to baseball coming back, having a regular spring training in February, March, and April. Here's what I would say. In this day and age of the pandemic, every day is a week, every week is a month, every month felt like a year. And we all know that is true. Let's slow down a little bit, see where we're at in a few weeks in terms of this vaccine, see where people are feeling, see if it's possible to even get it. And then we can start making analysis about things that are gonna happen in April. Still four months away, please, chill. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to LTN, Brett, Danny, Ryan, for my co-host Joe. I'm Craig, see you tomorrow at noon. Have a great day.